from the dead, it's PolarQuest, live from the heart of Brooklyn. PolarQuest is an hour-long podcast about everything in and relating to technology, with two techno experts, Eric Newman, hi, and Yuchenna Kemma, hey there. This week's episode, Information Warfare. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another pull request number 79. My name is uh, Eric Newman, and across from me is someone I'm very happy to welcome back to the show. Uh, we've had a long... I've missed you, buddy. Uh, and I'm saying that to the podcast, not to you. Yuchenna Kemma, nice to see you back, sir. Hey, always good to be back. Wonderful. And I actually forgot to move my mixer before starting the show. So I can't control the volume and talk at the same time. All the things. All the things it takes to set up, you know. And this is because we haven't done a show in, 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 in six weeks. It's terrible. Hmm. I, I mean, I, 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 the only person I can really blame is, is you, you, China. Where have you been? <laughs> Sorry. Just had to go on vacation. Was in Canada for a bit. You were in Canada? Yes. Where, yeah. in, where in Canada? Oh, Toronto. So, you know, right across a pond. Nice. Uh, I've never been to Anglo Canada. It's uh, is it is it actually just like a worse version of America, or are they? I feel people it's... are nicer. They have fewer diseases, but you know they're just it's not as cool. That's pretty much an adequate description of Toronto. Okay, that's I've never I've never I've never been. Uh, I've only been in Montreal, where they're definitely of of the parts of Canada. I think they have the most uh, arrogance, maybe. Yeah, and uh, and possibly culture, but you know. Is, is weed legal in Toronto? Yes, it is. If if you have a job that requires you to get drug tested and you go to a place that has the drug legal legally and you consume it, is that a violation of your contract? Um, yes, but they have the same general safety, so you know essential workers can't do it. So if you uh, work on you know like if you work on construction equipment. However, the unions have agreed, and most places are they're working on a threshold level. So it's going to be like, oh, they'll make you take a swab. And if your threshold's below whatever, I think it's like nanogram per liter, you're good. If you're above it, they won't let you work. Oh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not getting a construction job anytime soon, unfortunately. But. Yeah, but that's probably the United States is working on that. I know Florida is pushing for something like that. Florida is, is still pushing. I feel like the politics in Florida haven't changed in the last 10 years. In fact, I read an article that the owner of Publix, which is the be- one of the best grocery stores in the country, I, I might say it's, it's, it might be number one uh, in terms of regional grocery stores, uh, just donated $800,000 to fight legal, I'm sorry, not legal, to fight medicinal pot. They're still arguing medicinal pot in Florida. I mean, like, and the people are on prescription drugs all the time. Yeah, the fact I guess that's that... I guess that's why it's because it's the lobby. It's it's the lobbyists anyway. That sound you heard, of course, came from our wonderful studio audience who have slowly been suffocating in the Tupperware container in which we keep them during the week, and it's been about six weeks without uh, refilling their water. I did actually cut my plant in half. That's behind you, you Chad, and you can see that right there. That's being in, in the by the window. Um, oh, wow. I know, because the last time you were here, it might have looked exactly the same, but the plant in the second pot uh, was about to die, but hadn't died for two years. It, like, had just a twinge of green and never got any better or never, never any worse. Um, and so I, and, and the one to the left was overgrowing its pot, so it started to suffocate itself. So I cut it in half, 
which is something that I didn't know if you could actually do, but it's a plant, so whatever. And uh, it doesn't look like it's actually getting better. I was hoping by now it would be like a lush green like it used to be, and it's like the same kind of pale green-yellow. It's hard with plants. Oh, yeah. I don't get it. It's in a self-watering planter. I got that soil that has all that extra fertilizer crap in it, plant food. It waters itself, and it's still just like this pale yellow thing. I don't, I don't know. What, what am I missing? Um, for my plants, I actually bought this red light. It helps them. I have enough things that generate electricity <laughs> and heat. I don't need a red light. It's, yeah. by, by, it's right on the windowsill. They I get know. the sun. But that's red light? Mm-hmm. Honestly, plants are weird. Ah, it is. It is. It is tough. Um, and along with cutting my plant in half, I also, I just showed you that uh, a swear word coloring book. It's a guide of all of the words we can't say on this show. I know. But you, some of them you don't really want to. The first one is the, a real winner, and which is why I... Uh, oh, no, I guess that wasn't it. The first one that I colored was a real winner. Okay, let me see. Here you go. You got it. Thanks. Uh, I mean, they have it. They fill it up. There we go. They fill it up. You can't say this word on the show. Oh, no, 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 no. no. We cannot mention this word. Unless, well, of course, we go to New England or Australia, where, <laughs> in which case, go for it. Um, uh, I, yeah. Uh, and in fact, uh, I got this. I got another one of these as a going away present to, for one of my coworkers. She's an Aussie who's having a, I'm sorry, she's going on a forced hiatus due to a residency issue that is not in any way because of Cheeto Jesus. And mm-hmm. um, so she can't work for like a month legally. And so I bought her this swear word coloring book. And she's like, oh, it has the C word in it. That's so Australian. And I was like, well, I'm glad you, that's why I, I thought you'd like this because. Yeah. Anyway, why can't American women have that sensibility? Just like roll with it. Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay. No, no accounting for culture. Am I right? I. But you know, you. I mean, but you know, in New England, they 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 roll it off. Roll. I mean, they, I guess there's a bunch of other words that they use that we shouldn't say either. They use to roll off the tongue there. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah. So the thing is, is that what I love about the swear word coloring book, which you could just Google it. Um, I got a box of milky pens because it's uh, the '90s again, and I really enjoy just coloring and coloring dirty words with ornate patterns behind them, and then choosing choosing the theme or the color scheme for each one, and then uh, I don't know. And it's uh, because I need to do things that are away from the computer. And everything that I do in my life is is in the halo around computers. I know that feeling. I play guitar. Guess what? Guess what I just got? I got this DI box to plug the guitar into my computer. Like that's where the guitar ends up going. If I if I, if I even if it's an acoustic guitar, I've got these microphones. It, it, my life is so sucked up by. I mean, this podcast is on a, like every in my day. Everything I do is on a computer. And as a millennial, I'm supposed to like it. But I think because I'm getting old. Yeah. Both of us had birthdays in the yeah. in the in the interim. Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. Are you are you th- uh, 30 now? Not yet. I oh, still got a year. You got the last cigarette in the pack of youth. You better enjoy that, sir. Mm-hmm. Um I turned 32. I now have the same level of significance as my mother who's 61 because that's how I'm, I'm 2 to the 5th. That's I need I will have 32 more years before I need another binary digit. I'm in the same group as she is now. So I can start complaining about kids today that they're bad music. 
Mm-hmm. I, I know that feeling. There's a reason why I just posted on my Facebook, hey, I need to plan a vacation somewhere. Yeah. Because the problem is all my vacations are working vacations. I do photo events for people. And I'm like, that's oh, it. No. I need an you need actual. A, you need an actual trip. Yes. Where do you want to go? Um, I said anywhere within eight hours of New York City airport. So that's a lot of places. Exactly. I mean, you, you, do you want do you want to go to Germany? You can go to Berlin? Literally, Berlin? you're the second person who said that. So I I'm, feel like you might have. I feel like I mean, I've never been, uh, but I, I feel like you might have a good time there just because of your love of uh, engineering mm. and. Uh, I've I've been to Berlin a bit, so hmm, that would an be an industry. Good yeah, um, I've got a couple friends there. If you want, give you that. Anyway, moving on. Um, so yeah, we've been doing that. You need a vacation. I need a vacation, even though I took one like a month ago, and I I've been working so much that I well, I, you know what? You probably end up working more than I do, so I can't complain. Uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> I want to cut this episode. I want to chew down a lot of the fat that I also introduce into the show, and uh, I'm saying that out loud just so I can hear it. Uh, and I'm, I really want to cut out a lot of the stuff from the top that ends up taking up about an hour onto the, in, in, before we get into the real meat of the show. And so with that said, let's talk about some of the things that I want to cut out. Like uh, Facebook is in trying to introduce a new cryptocurrency about a year after they should have, or two years after they should have, called Libra. Have you heard of this? Yes, I have. It seems both fascinating and... A the, year old? Yes, why are they doing this now? Did it take that long to get the the buy-in from all the banks? I can believe that. It's um it's a cryptocurrency that's actually backed by something, so it's not like complete fraud. I mean, it's not cryptocurrency isn't complete it, it wasn't complete fraud until they started tying it to fiat currencies. If you had if it was just supposed to be artificially constrained by a supply that ought, that arbitrarily increases based on an algorithm, then I don't, I don't know. I don't see that as necessarily fraud until you start saying, well, now you could buy houses with it. Mm. But this, because it's being, it's, it's tied to the dollar and it has some banks behind it. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, the big thing I can see them, they're trying to bypass the biggest issue of of transactions, especially international ones, which is oh, money exchange. Settlements. So exactly. So they figure if you put your money to Libra, you don't have to you don't have to settle because Facebook will hey, we'll do the settlement for you and then you can take it out. But you only have to settle it. They don't even have to do the settlement because they could offload that to some third party exactly. that's local to wherever you are because they only need you only need to settle it when you take it out. Exactly. So and they figure let's face it, you you've seen how they're pushing things like their Facebook marketplace. Right. And obviously, um, Facebook services, so you, you can buy products directly through Facebook. And a lot of other tech companies are, are, are trying to edge into the payments system, like it's Apple. A, mm-hmm. um, because they're saying, hey, the pal, PayPal has jo- dominated the internet by simply providing a relatively transparent and quick way to provide Well, it, it's not really. I mean, it's arbitrarily slowed down so they can make money in escrow, which is a great model. They made Elon a bunch of money. Oh, yeah. Did you know that Elon invested in Thank You for Smoking? That hmm. movie from 2005, 2006, I think? Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, mean, I knew he had PayPal, obviously, but no, not he, that movie. He's credited as an executive producer. It's like, wow, he's, uh, that's not bad. So I guess he made some money off of that thing. Yeah, along with, along with PayPal. Do you, so, I mean, your EU regulators are already pressing Facebook about its cryptocurrency. I'm sure they want a piece of this pie. Uh, we'll launch a cryptocurrency in 2020. It, and this is, uh, it looks like a lot of conjecture, but I guess it can make sense. 
as an intermediate currency that's just not necessarily made for profiteering. But I don't know. It definitely seems like they're trying to expand the Facebook algorithm. Should I open up? Uh, uh, I can't. I can't Coinbase right now and see how lousy what my portfolio was. Hmm. No. Oh, we could. We'll just move on. Um, something else Facebook is doing that's even worse than starting a cryptocurrency is uh, driving its content moderators to in, uh, potentially insanity. In some cases, death, which is really scary. I need, I need some music to lighten this up. You see, Facebook outsources their content moderation services to a company called Cognizant, which I actually had an interview with. And uh, there's a lot of these con uh, offices spread around the country, and the worst one, of course, is in Florida. No surprise. So, uh, it's a long article, but a lot of content moderators uh, had br have broken their NDAs and other forms of non-disclosure, keep it shut keep it shut agreements and they've talked to somebody from the verge about how awful it is working for an outsourced or working for a company that's hired by facebook to do content moderation uh there's uh one case on the night of march 9th 2018 someone slumped over at his desk and co-workers were alarmed because he started sliding out of his chair two of them began to perform cpr but there was no defibrillator in the office and they called an ambulance which arrived too late and he would already die by the time that they got there the next day, the company said we had an incident, and they didn't manage to say what it was. And then people just kind of found out when the person's father came by to collect his things. That's horrible. Absolutely horrible. And it's outsourced, so, you know, it's not... Facebook can say, well, we... Uh, it's not our employees. We don't have oversight over this. It's like what the oil company, what BP said. It's like, hey, we hired a local subcontractor. It's not Well, Cognizant are far from local, but... I mean, even Cognizant could have hired... Could, could have subcontracted that out. Facebook executives have maintained that the working conditions described by dozens of contractors do not accurately reflect the daily lives of the majority of its workers. But after publishing this story about one of these Facebook content offices, uh, the author received uh, uh, dozens of messages from other contractors around the world, many of whom reported having similar experiences. And the largest single group of messages that said, help me, came from Tampa, Florida. Man, even I feel sorry for Florida man in this case. Yeah, they said marijuana use was so prevalent that the site ma that the site manager jokingly complained at an all hands meeting that he had gotten a contact high walking in the door. Don't smoke at work, guys. You've got cars. Anyway, <laughs> uh, they described the filthy workplace in which they regularly find pubic hair and other bodily waste in at their workstations. Oh, that's that's. Not good. It's not good. Uh, employees and managers laugh off or ignore such sexual harassment and threats of violence. Two discrimination cases have been filed with the Equal Opportunity Equal Employment Opportunity Commission since April. We are bodies and seats, one former moderator said. We are nothing to them, nothing at all. And it kind of seems, I mean, look, it's, it's, this seems perverse, but they are kind of a stopgap before automation. Mm -hmm. Because I believe an, an AI will be able to solve this issue. And I, I don't think it's... I mean, they tried. Remember, there was that uh, porn filter that kept catching, like, uh, raw chicken. Oh, yeah. The t um, there, you can there, actually the, look the, it up. The one, was that the, the English one? The gonna, tum no, it was Tumblr using Tumblr, it. yeah. They uh, can, it's actually publicly available, and it's actually pretty fascinating on how it works. But it still catches a lot of false positives. Yeah, it's there's a neural a, net. It's a, not right. that bad. Good. There's a... Uh, 
Well, there was there was a similar kind of uh, explicit content filter that ISPs in, in in Britain wanted to in, wanted to implement, and that has a bunch of problems as well. So we're not quite at that point, but we are at the point where we need thousands of people to do this to moderate disgusting videos by hand. That's causing them. Uh, I mean, it's causing them mental harm. In and in, in some way, shape, or form, there are people who are now on on sedatives, there are people who would now have to take SSRIs, and because Florida law does not require employers to offer sick leave, yay, keep those taxes down, and so cos cognizant workers must feel, who feel ill must instead use personal leave. They're granted five hours of personal leave per pay period. Missing work is one of the few reasons Cognizant regular, regularly fires its contractors, and so to avoid re receiving an occurrence as the company calls unapproved absences, contractors who have exhausted their break time come to work sick and occasionally vomit in the trash cans on the production floor. What can you do about that, man? Offer Ugh. them sick leave. Well, I figured that was the answer. But for what it's worth, you know, in the Fortune 500 companies, there's a bunch of work martyrs that come to work sick because... Oh, no, it's... It's, <coughs> it's fine! No, I was just gonna be on the phone all day. <laughs> yep. I know. I, 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 I can tell. <laughs> yep, I've seen those. I can tough it out. And everyone else is like, I'm going to stay away from you, or I come in with a little mask. Like, here's a mask. I got this from Japan. <laughs> Put this on. Stay away from me. Exactly. Yeah. Though, I mean, that's. I used to work with people like that, and and then you can't even like as they're on the phone all day, and of course it's an open office. Like you can't, you can't even say, "Can you just go home?" Because mm -hmm. then they'll get offended. What do you? What, <laughs> what do you mean? Anyway, so uh, yeah, this is a. Uh, 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 this is a. This is this is over. There's nothing more to say. So um, yeah, it's it's really it's a it's a it's a really bad circumstance. But just remember that these people do opt in, and they can leave whenever they want. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's their fault, but at the same time, now they know. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens with Cognizance over the next couple of weeks, especially since it's going to dominate their Google searches. I mean, the other thing is, like, the fa I, just, I remember interviewing with them, and I was happy that they offered me a position, but at the same time, now I don't, now I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not working for them now, but I just I don't know if that, if they, if that were to happen again. Because it, it doesn't seem like... Well, you know what? I'm not gonna. I don't want to say anything about a giant company. Who knows? Who knows what they could do? Squish me like a bug. Mm. Um, yeah. So let's talk about um, something. Oh, here is one link I forgot to add. Uh, I mean, I forgot to open. It's in the show notes, which is, of course, um, the canary in the coal mine for free speech. I'm trying to find. Do I have? Uh, See, this is what happens when we don't do a show for too long. I need, like... They will clean up all your talking in a manish set. I think it's, I think it's that one. You know what that is? Oh, is that from Family Guy? Yeah, that's the, uh, sorry, it was the wrong one. Oh, yeah, I know all about the FCC. They will clean up all your talking in a Alex Jones's legal team was emailed child porn from somebody, and then they told them they called the police. And then they're saying Alex Jones now is in possession of child pornography. And the question, really, that I have to ask, while it's insanely deplorable, is you can do that to anybody. Oh, yeah. Although, apparently, I read, apparently they determined that was literally some virus. Who said that? 
Um, the Alex po- Jones. No, actually, the police investigators. They said it was a virus. Yeah, he got a he got a porn he got a porn virus. Who got it? Who's virus? No one knows because whose apparent- computer sent the uh, they, the virus got into the legal offices firm. So and obviously, you know, the legal office is sending emails to each other. So it looks like someone was targeting oh the law God. office. And then they could just kind of slip it in there, which they did, and then it gets and then Alex Jones gets pie in his face. Which is not a euphemism for mm-hmm. child porn. But um that's I you know, this might be the most exciting court case since OJ. No, I mean, at least I, though, it doesn't look like it's setting any new precedents. Uh, because I mean, the thing about defamation law, as you probably know, I haven't been sued yet. Okay, no, defamation is knock on wood. <laughs> defamation is really hard to do in America. Like you have to pretty much literally say. Yeah, look at the stuff they say about a president. Exactly, and the funny thing is, the way to defame someone is the there's. Pretty much, you have to say an objective fact about something like, "You you cheated me at business. You have some sort of weird sexual disease. You're you literally you did something." Those are the pretty much the best way to defame someone, and even then, you have to prove the person had some sort of malice to it. But if someone, I mean, if you're trying to convince a jury that Alex Jones is a, I don't even know what the charge is. Honestly, he's a, okay. you're a, you're a, you've been ruled a douchebag. Like, what's the like? Well, of course he is. What's the, uh, what's the, what's the? I don't, I don't know. I honest, think the jury would just add this to the list of reasons why he's guilty for whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Which is why, which is why um, someone like Alex Jones is probably, probably one of the easiest defamation cases because he says such. He has such a character issues, and character is also related to defamation. Like, if you know, for some normal person said something. If a normal person said something, maybe they'd be more forgiving. But someone like Alex Jones, who says random things sometimes, it might make a jury think, hmm, wait a second. Which is why jury selection is important. That's true. I would love to know the people that are on his jury because uh, I just, I don't know. He's using the Fox News formula, but it's on, it's on steroids. And that's what's, and that's, that's what's troubling is that he's doing, he's using the same kind of extremist tactics I don't like saying it like that, but it is, and that's why this episode is called Information Warfare because he's using extremist 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 tactics to leverage hate shares, uh, whether it's word of mouth or whether it's literally sharing on social media or something like that. Hate shares are the highest form of engagement. So if you can get people to say, "Oh my God, China's going to steal our cows," it just freak people out or get them mad about something, then they'll have to listen to his show. And that's why Fox News was so big, even though they might be they might have been mel- melting down in the last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why he he blew up. I just I I I don't. The the question is if if you want to take the question is if you want to take somebody down. Can't you just do this to them? Get an anonymous email, go on the dark web, find some child porn. I'm not saying I know how to do this, but you get some child porn, anonymously email it to somebody, and then make an anonymous call to the FBI saying, oh, this person is child porn in their computer. And then they check their email. Oh my God, you're in possession of child pornography. You go to jail. That's yeah. like that's such an easy way to get someone out. Which is why um, the legal solution is, in general, the legal indictment standard seems to be you have to have huge amounts and you have to be dealing it. Because they no, are most of, I think possession for child porn. Yes, for possession, I know is an as a per se cause, but a, a but a uh, established defense is hey, my computer had a virus on it. 
because obviously if you've seen the botnet viruses that run all sorts of things yes. from bit miners. My, my dad got a ton of them. From you know bit miner crypto miners to like making your yeah, computer server everything. to uh, making your my computer dad literally got take a fridge. storms twenty years ago. I totally I grew up with this. What's ironic is I actually read that article saying like a laptop with the six most famous or infamous viruses recently sold at auction for over a million dollars. I called my dad. I was like, hey, we almost got something. <laughs> if I hadn't fixed your computer all these times, you'd actually have you'd have a million dollars. So uh, yeah. I, I, if that's an established defense, then, I, then okay. But I mean, it, I to it, it's Alex Jones might have a heart attack it, through all of this. Like, if he hasn't had a heart attack already, I'm pretty sure nothing will take that man down by now. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't know. Because these are, I mean, he's just flipping out about this, and he he's just getting. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we don't have to keep talking about Alex Jones because there's more interesting information warfare afoot, like. India bullies Twitter into banning accounts of American and British students thousands of miles away. Why? Honestly, a lot of these people I know because we're part of a weird informal network of researchers called Al Qaeda. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Most of our research, most of our research is into. We look into things like um, warfare. Like the big deal was that when India and Pakistan recently had a war, that everyone thought, "Oh no, it's World War Three." Now in 4K. But the thing is, India <laughs> recently passed a new law, which gives them very powerful laws over their internet. What's the law called? The law is called um, 67A. Okay. And what is it? Correction. Do? Correction. And this is going to sound like a really bad joke, but it's not. It's 69A. Wow. I know. That's a good, I that's a good name. Yeah. Promises and illusions of data protection in India law. In Indian law. Uh, is it... Is it a resolution? Is it uh, Section 69A of the IT Act? Yep. Allowing the government to block content under circumstances. Oh, jeez. Uh, okay, power to issue discretion for blocking public access of any information through any computer resources, whether where the central government or any of its officers specially authorized by it in its behalf is satisfied in a way that is necessary or expedient. Huh. It's so vague to give them effective dominance over internet. It's one of those in America you how can do never. How they just? How do they just do this? Because India is effectively a one-party state. No, but I mean, like the EU tries to do this. We can actually do this, but I get like why? Why? A lot of it's because India is both a modern, you know, highly advanced democracy, and also constantly terrified of Parts war. Of them don't use toilet paper, right? Pretty much, yeah. And also, and because of that, you know, literal internet rumors can cause massive oh, issues. Oh yes, which happened uh, la yeah, earlier the, this year or last year. Yeah, the rumors about the Muslims um, eating, you know, harming cows cause literal ethnic strife. Right. So and there was literally some bullshit fake news rumor. Right. That actually happened. So then they say, okay, we need some real content moderation laws. That's so. What happens if you post something on the internet that then is illegal in India? But you're you don't care because you're here in the U.S. Um, face I mean, well, you know, Facebook guess, and Twitter. Um, a lot of them they started doing geoblocks. I are they just like, gonna oh they're just gonna block India? Yeah, like the joke they can, is well, Facebook can't do that. Well, no, they can block specific posts. Like a <laughs> fun only, little test. They can they, they're blocking the front end of Facebook, but their content moderation service and all their support systems are the only thing you can access in India. Mm -hmm. That's kind of funny. Yeah, but it's like the fun fact is like you know how swastikas are obviously illegal in Germany. 
Right. If you post that on Twitter and you, you know, you log into a German VPN, it'll be like, this post is blocked in your country. Is in Twitter's doing that or is that the uh, German Germany that's doing that? Um, Twitter does that to satisfy German law. And a lot of it, they figure that's the easiest way. They simply say, hey, we'll block this post in different countries that, if it's illegal. You know what? You're absolutely right. That's what a lot of media companies have been doing preparing uh, for the GDPR, is they're just saying, well, in the meantime, we're cutting out the EU until we figure out what to do, which sucks. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, uh, you know, you could get sued by a bunch of different countries at the same time. And a lot of these countries are like, okay, they're happy with that because it's a hammer, but at least it's like, okay... We respect that because you understand that this is against our law. Well, uh, but however, the Indian approach was like, um, no, this isn't blanket. enough. Creates a notice and takedown regime where the intermediary, where the intermediary was mandated to remove any such information mentioned above within 36 hours. Oh, that sounds like the EU. Either when it gets to know on its, either when it gets to know on its own, or receives actual knowledge that such information is being stored. Whether what of the intermediary gets to know on its own, hosted or published on its computer system. However, the requirement of taking down content within 36 hours has since been clarified by the Ministry of Communication and Information Technology. It's a scary place. To mean that the intermediary should respond or acknowledge the complaint within 36 hours of receiving it and then take a pro- and then initiate appropriate action. Wow. This is, um, well, okay. You know what? In 10 years, we're going to have a content moderation law, so I, I can't say anything. The First Amendment here is going away. That's why I have this free speech segment on the podcast. That's why we're talking about information warfare, because our, our abilities to express ourselves might have peaked uh, 10 years ago when I was getting called many F-words on YouTube when I posted a video that I made for a film class in college. <laughs> before, they had, before they had content moderation, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, yeah I remember yeah, old, old YouTube comments. I mean, yeah. Nowadays, the young kids are like, YouTube comments aren't that bad. Oh. That's, that's, that's because they moderate because so the now. moderators are dying, removing the troublesome ones from the website. That's why. Those privileged kid, kids today say, you know what? See, I am getting old. You know, you don't know what the web used to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why I have that Macintosh. It runs IE5. That's my favorite web browser. IE5 for Mac. It had a nice teal interface and a, that rotate the E rotating in 3D with a globe on the back. You're uh, dropping some nostalgia on me there. It's 20 years old now, and I um, on OS 9. I mean, I could I could boot it up, but it'll be uh, ready to go by the time we're done with the podcast. So let's <laughs> let's press on, um, and let's let's take a break from the free speech information warfare for just a minute to talk about. Our wonderful city, uh, which I have to, you know, this is why I would love Shatches. to. Have, well, uh, that's why I would love to have maybe two iPads to do this, but I don't know. Anyway, let's take a right turn in some, into some local news with our New York Minute, where we do the thing I just said. First up, how many oat milk ads did you see on your way here today? They're everywhere. I can't did escape you, you can't even count them? No, I know. It's like I get off. I, I'm like, why is there an oat milk Mac? When did oat milk become a thing? It's oat everywhere. milk became a thing about a year ago, and I can only tell you that because I, I live in gentrified Brooklyn. There was a shortage of oat milk that we reported on in the show a year ago, which is, I mean, you could hear the white people complaining from Williamsburg. That was, uh, uh, but that's been fixed, and now the company that has a ton of oat milk is buying up all the available advertising space in the five boroughs to tell you to drink it. 
and I still haven't had it yet. I've heard it's good. It's actually not bad. I usually mix it with coffee only because it doesn't curdle. Well, do you drink milk on its own? I do, but the problem I have I, I, is a lot of coffee. When I put coffee in milk, it'll curdle. Oh, yeah. Oat milk, oat milk doesn't do that. I am a big fan of coconut milk, Co especially in coffee, because it has that creaminess a little bit, and it's still not... The, and the thing about, I mean, look, everyone complains about alternative milks, uh, except that you kind of have to have them in Gentrified Brooklyn. But every time you go to a coffee place, their milk's sour. No, I know. That's why, that's I, why I'll, I... That's why I'll opt for the oat milk. I'll opt for the almond milk or the coconut milk, because it, it's sitting... It's not just curdling on its own, or exactly. then you pour coffee into it. That's the only reason I like oat milk for that reason, though, because regular milk, it's like, am I going to get bad milk? It's going to piss me you off. You must have really hot coffee. That's good. That's some strong stuff. Um, if yeah. your coffee isn't hot enough to slightly burn you, you're not having coffee. No. Just like that lady uh, who sued McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she got heavily burned. Um, mm -hmm. Speaking of 20 years ago, I don't know. I don't even know what the brand name is from that company, but I could probably draw what one of their ads looks like from memory because I've seen so many of them. Mm -hmm. But if they want to take out a spot on our show, please feel free, and I'll tell you to go to the radio microphone in the top right-hand corner of oatmilk.com and enter promo code pull, pull request to get a free pint. Or whatever it is, as long as it's not sitting out boiling on a 90-degree day like today is. Or it's only 80 degrees today. It mm. feels hot. 85, okay. Uh, there's two things that are somewhat related. There's a, this, We're both part of a, a transit group on Facebook, and uh, this Triborough RX Outer Borough subway line proposal popped up again. Uh, that came out initially in 2015. I think the route is actually pretty stupid, um, because it can because it it can it goes it goes way too far south and it goes way too far east, and it would be used. I like I get it I get it that it's kind of a ring road around other subway lines, and it would probably be used by people who are transferring to other subway lines to go into the city. But it's too far away to effectively be used by by the most distant people between between Bay Ridge and uh, and what Co-op City yep so and I and, and I say that because on the heels of that there's a new subway game that's called uh, brand new subway is that really what it's called yep and uh, I've really I've enjoyed playing it and I will show you my saved game where I have actually deleted it. And I have no idea where it is. Oh, no, it's on my other computer. I've played this game before. How many extra subway lines did you add? Honestly, I've only added, like, four. I added one line out to... There's a mall at the edge of New York City. It's the it's the closest Walmart to New York City. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's literally is right... It technically in Nassau? Or yep, is it... it's in Nassau, Green Acres. And oh. there are, weirdly enough, New York City buses that stop right in front of it. That's funny. Well, apparently, allegedly, Walmart paid off the MTA and they built them a bus stop. So, literally, you see those, you see the buses full of people shopping. So, yeah, I built a subway. That's really funny. So, I built, you know, the subway long running around Nassau Highway right there because the half the mall is empty except for the Walmart. The Walmart right. and a little college. The mall's dead otherwise. Huh. So I figured you could probably run a subway along right along the highway, turn it there, and turn most of the mall into a giant parking ride. Get all the Long Islanders off the roads, take them, tell them to take the subway. That's not, a, that's not a bad idea. They already drive there anyway. We would just acknowledge that, put them in a big parking lot so the outer Queens people don't complain that these 
these NASA people are taking our parking, like I hear my grandpa complain about. Oh yeah. Yeah. Go on. He literally lives around. He lives around the NASA Queens border, uh-huh. and the constant complaint is that they see people from outer New York in the mornings come and take their spots. That's that's terrible. I mean, the thing is, and the I, only reason they have cars is because they need it. If you live beyond, I'd say. Pretty much beyond where we are, you kind of have to have a car. Yeah, no, that's 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 fine. But um, all these people who complain that they want better connectivity to, to the city when they live on Long Island, guess what? You could pay what it costs to live here, but you don't. So no. you don't get to you don't get the subway. You don't get yeah. You get to eat the cost of Long Island Railroad, which when I recently didn't they start the third track to somewhere? Yes, I went out to, um, on the weekend of my birthday. I went out to the Round One. It's an arcade. Okay, and, and yeah, I saw them building it. Where is it going? It's going to Hicksville, actually. Okay. So is that? I was that one of the stops that they uh, it, it said that they were throating. Excuse me, uh, on rush hours because there was just no more capacity unless they built another rail. Yeah, that's Hicksville. Is literally the stop, the only stop they have room because all the other stops in the main line on rush hour they're awful. Huh. Well, I was trying to stall to load up my saved game, which I can't really. For some reason, even though I have new computers and a new router, my computer over here can't send a JSON file to my computer over that I'm looking at because it only makes too much sense to do that where I could show you the saved game that I had where I made a much better uh, a much better outer borough route. But I could just basically pretend like it exists by, by, sh- by saying it it restores half of the uh, Myrtle, uh, the Myrtle Avenue L, but it also connects. Like I, in my version of this game, transfers are free. Mm-hmm. I understand the Myrtle Wyckoff transfer, like the building was, like three to five years and ten million dollars or whatever, mm-hmm. just to get the to transfer from a subway to an elevated line. So we're just let's suspend disbelief for just one second. But connecting from like. Myrtle Broadway down, you could get, you can hit a couple stops like Bedford Nostrand on the G on the G train, and then somehow also convert c- curve into the Franklin Avenue shuttle. So the there's two short legs of elevated track that you would have to build that would allow you to take that that would allow you to go from Metropolitan Avenue and Middle Middle uh, Middle Village all the way down to Coney Island if you wanted, or to downtown Brooklyn, which is really it's impossible to do now without going way out of the way. On the flip side. It also finally finishes that loop up from Metropolitan Avenue. You can even see that there, there's a there's uh, by the freight car door. It uh, goes all the way up into what Forest Hills, I think it is. Yep. And then that's oh, Jackson Heights. Uh, yeah. And so it it so it curves to the northwest. And by doing those two things, and then uh, what else? And then it, it does use Randall's Island as a stop to go into the Bronx, and then it just goes up into the Bronx. Oh, fun fact! You know that bridge. The Triborough Bridge? The Triborough Bridge actually is designed to fit a subway. Is it really? But Robert Moses never built it. That's the, brilliant. So literally, there's actually room. There's They never have kept it. There's room because they, they, they intended they, to put... They have to build the whole deck, though, for it. No, right? they were it's actually just, intended to go around the sides. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, then you know what? Then it makes my map even make even more sense. Because the other thing that I did, I imagine that the 2nd Avenue subway existed, and it, it turns west on 125th street it becomes a 125th street shuttle and then it curves up uh it curves up i think it's i think it's broadway yeah to so hit, to, to hit the a to uh to join the a to go all the way up to essentially 207 or up to the bronx mm-hmm. and 
If you put those two together, you have a fantastic way of getting out of or completely bypassing the busiest parts of the city. And then, if you have a 125th Street shuttle that connects from, like, the west side to Astoria, you're almost at a LaGuardia air train. And effectively, that would um, help the Bronx out. Yes. Because instead of having to go take all the way down, yeah, take the Crosstown bus. Right. You can just hop on the subway, hop on a subway and go across northern Manhattan. Now, a couple of other things I did just because it was a game is I extended the L to 10th Avenue, and then I cut and I, the 7 in the L meet at 14th and 10th. But anyway, aside from that, uh, this is why I want to run for mayor. Because the people who are, like, this this gets real traction, this BS, n- n- useless, triborough RX line that somebody drew up in the bathroom. The one thing I feel we should have, though, especially someone who's had to take some of these uptown buses... Is, is we need we need what I call surface streetcars. Like there are parts of the Bronx that the buses have. You've been you've seen the bendy buses, right? Yeah, of course. That I've seen. They you have they three, can't turn. Oh well, there's, no, there's, there's it's a it's a the road they go on um across the Bronx. It's straight. It's perfectly straight. Is there a, is it a double articulated bus where there, it's they're three actually, cars? They're proposing that because it's that full. Well, then bring back the 3rd Avenue L. That's actually, there was a, there's two arguments. They want to either A, bring eight, legalize 85-footers, which Cuomo just did. As in terms of the longer buses, I guess? Yeah, 85-foot buses weren't legal in New York State until this recent session. Why? Because 85-foot buses are very, they're heavy, so they destroy And they're harder road. to turn. Yeah, oh yeah. They how, are, do you, how do you turn in, the, in this town? So the proposal was they're going to build a, they have a bus loop anyway, they'll turn on the loop. So they'll just go straight, loop at, loop at the terminal end, and loop at the other Jeez. terminal ends. And I'm like, if we're going to do that, we may as well just build a streetcar. Underground the- bus tunnels. Mm-hmm. I said it before. I'll say it again. I'm going to keep saying it for the next 30 years, 29 years now, as, until I run for mayor. Underground bus tunnels and also the subway line that I just invented. That's Those two things will, would revolutionize transit in this town. And you could, you could almost call them equitable choices, too. I'm Underground a, bus terminals, which I've seen Massachusetts does them. They're yeah, we talked about this last time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a great way because remember, why you have to build the tunnel to build the subway a and b. If you don't build it as a, tr- uh, a subway or uh, otherwise a railway, then you can build it in a way that it augments, but doesn't necessarily have to replace or connect to the actual subway system. So you could create tunnels that would br- that would be a lot harder to bridge through in trains mm-hmm. and. For, because of the the how switches and how and interlocking oh, yeah. lightweight, and all that other effectively stuff. lightweight tunnels. Yeah, and they're just riding these, and they're just riding the electric buses that you could either have a Cantonary, finally said it right, on the top, or bu- we'll have like capacitive roads by then, or just giant batteries. Like that's that's totally possible, and we need to do that because the problem that all of these things are trying to solve, but they're not, is adding more bandwidth to the streets. The streets are exhausted, and you can't bus your way out of it. They, and every time they dem- and I keep reading about other elevated railways that the city used to have that were demolished. I mean, it's not like, it's not like they were the best in the world, or maybe at the time. But it's not like they were a, fa- a fantastic experience for everybody. But they were all supposed to be replaced by something that's not a bus line. And they've all, and most of them, if not all of them, have been replaced by bus lines, except for like the Sixth Avenue L, which became the Sixth Avenue. Was there a Sixth Avenue L? Yeah. Yes. And that became the Sixth Avenue IND line. And the Ninth Avenue L was replaced <coughs> by the Eighth uh, Avenue. Subway. Subway. So, like, okay, the west side, fine. But the there was a first avenue, or there was a second, third avenue L. Those are gone. 
Second Avenue L used to go up to a, a story by the Queensboro Bridge. The Third Avenue L used to go from Ch from South Ferry up to the Bronx. There's no; those are replaced by buses now. It'll take you an hour and a half to get there. And the joke is, the only reason our, we have buses, a lot of these buses are effectively their ADA shuttles. Like if you ever. But take what an, about Accessoride? Um, the buses are better than Accessoride. Accessoride is a nightmare. Is it? Yes, Accessoride oh. is a nightmare in the city. Why don't they see that's a, why that, don't they give that contract to, to Uber? See that I agree with you. I feel like if we said, "Hey, you can have all the Uber you want. They all have to be 100% ADA." And the thing is, I've seen the Uber ADA. They have the little like wheelchair ramp in the back. Are they all minivans that have the the little the hydraulic yes. uh, step? No, some of them actually have in the back. They have Oh, the a ramp that comes out. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, Uber okay. has them. They usually they I their routes are they usually circulate on the hospitals well, on the upper on the upper sides. Uber has them, but the cars that Uber drivers drive are privately owned. Yeah, a lot of these companies, a lot of them are owned by you know the black car companies. Oh, so they so they're subcontracted out anyway. Exactly. So like you know, seven 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 has a bunch of them, and the difference is they give they promise the drivers they they pay the drivers a little small salary, mm -hmm. and then they do the rest of Ubers. Huh. I guess that I guess that makes sense. So when you back to this new subway game, what's a line that you've created that cuz you uh, uh, cuz you said you played this. What's a line that you created in this game uh that either augments or just completely replaces or mows over a su uh, subway line that we have now? So the biggest line I created is I um I call it the the 10. It's effectively goes from it's an IRT line. Yeah, effectively, it's weird in that it covers it covers Crosstown Brooklyn. It covers Crosstown Brooklyn and Queens. Why? Why the why? Why the ten? Honestly, it's either the ten or I could. Where does it go? It goes from Bay Ridge. It crosses over, you know, through the most densely parts of, you know, down of Central Brooklyn. Right. And then it connects, and then it um, goes connects to the L, and then eventually it connects to the one. I'm only calling it the ten, because. It does. Um, I'll have like maybe next to the one. Well, not, why am I calling it the one? The three. It has. It'll, oh. have, it'll have. You know. It connects it like the Livonia Avenue. Yes. New Lots S Avenue place. So I'll have say maybe three expresses. Three expresses run to Manhattan on that line. Three, three expresses running halfway, and the rest of the trains run. So it connects. I see. So it connects to the New Lots Avenue line of the three, mm -hmm. which is elevated, and then. Okay, and then from there it goes into the city. Yes. So it makes like an L, mm -hmm. or like a yeah, like a, like an L. Huh. Yes, covering that transit desert. Yes, that is a transit desert. But another who lives? Old people live there. Honestly, it's filling up with the as the old people die off, the immigrants are coming in. Well, the old people were immigrants. Yeah, <laughs> but now it's new immigrants. Now it's replacing. a different slice of the pie. Yes. So is Brighton Beach gonna not be uh, a Russian borough anymore? No, they're new Russians. They're younger Russians. Okay. And a lot of now these, they're different parts of what was the USSR. So it's like, <laughs> like Ukrainians. I was just going to mention, so now they're Ukrainians and not just not just Soviets. Yes. So it's like now as you see certain Ukrainians, all sorts of other people from Eastern Europe start showing up. What's very interesting about Brighton Beach, uh, minus the fact that it, it's, it has a beach, is that it looks so much... I mean, inland. It looks so much like Bushwick, except everything's instead instead of in Spanish, it's in Russian, mm -hmm. and just with the you know with the elevated train and everything. So, you know, your your ten idea doesn't sound too bad, but why not just extend the uh, the two five down Flatbush? 
I did that as well. I extended it to Coney Island. Coney Island? Why not... Um, what is that? That's uh, <laughs> like... That's like next to... That's like a northwest of Sheepshead Bay. Mm -hmm. And I know I did extend the L. Like this. Like, why don't... Like, there. What's that? Oh, because I extended the L there. You extended the L there? Yeah, because originally the L in ye old times... Went the, to the... Uh, well, there was, you know, there uh, was a trolley. So I simply reactivated the old trolley route the L ran on. It went to, to there? I yeah. thought it went to the Canarsie Pier. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You're right. It did go to Canarsie Pier. But I had the L because I figured the L was already there run that way but and i simply but you have know but and you're one of the few people that i know who's who does go to canarsie especially voluntarily and uh it's at grade so you would have to just totally replace that whole section where the l downgrades and then you would just have to keep it elevated pretty much it's just adding you know adding air train style which is a lot nicer quieter elevated rail because let's face it we built modern elevated rail in new york city and the van wick portion it's so quiet that's true. So, you know, if you're willing to build it, you know, all new well, concrete versus that versus that metal. But and that's but that's the other thing. Like even the the Long Island uh the Long Island Railroad bridges, they're so much quieter and faster and just smoother than the subway. I don't know why. Oh, a lot of Is it's it just because newer? No, that's because those it's Long Island Railroad was built as a private railroad so they could be sued or literally their leadership would be that was before run. they were bought by the city, though. Yeah, this was back when they were, you know, a private railroad. That was the, but that was back when the IRT was a private railroad. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it's because that um, for Long Island, those bridges are huge and heavy. Oh, uh, so they could just absorb it. Yes. And the subway bridges were a lot lighter. Yeah. Let, um, actually, a lot of these subway cars were lightweight cars. Right, right. Okay, well, I remember. You're right. And then, and then and the second Ave, steam engines. The second Ave L was, 30, was sturdier than the third Avenue L. And then, what was it? There was like a... Yeah, anyway. I've been watching a lot of these... Um, what's his... It, the guy's name's like Robert Akara Transit Tapes. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it was, it was, it's a video cassette that someone uploaded to YouTube. Or it's a series of videotapes that someone uploaded to YouTube. But you can tell they're from like the early 90s or the late 80s. You know what? Hold on. Because this is like... And this guy has such an old school New York accent. It's... I, I'm sorry to take even more time to talk about trains and this is not information warfare but this is like this is the type of guy uh who know who knows almost everything about about old new york and he and I, i'm sure they just showed him some stock film footage and gave him a microphone um because is it this one yes Open platform 1300 series cars were the last open platform cars with manually operated gates anywhere in the world in service. And they lasted until about 1957. During the off hours of the day, trains consisted of three cars. In rush hours, two three car trains would be coupled together to make a six car train. At night. Anyway, so that's like, I've been watching a lot of these. Lately, and don't, don't you? I mean, the way that this guy sounds, people don't sound like that anymore. No, like, you, I, I no, I do see them, but they're the, a, but they're like forty something. The forty something, and those are, those are the youngest. Yes, exactly. Because because people like these guys who are probably their parents sounded like that. Right. This guy was probably in his 
50s or 60s 30 years ago. So, I mean, they just don't... They don't. Only a two-car train would shuttle back and forth on the Myrtle Avenue. And the thing is, is that it's and a, it's a rhotic no accent, so he's still pronouncing agents, uh, most of the R's. At the time. Instead, the conductor would collect the fares on the train by means of yeah. a Johnson fare the box. The only accents I've even heard that are close like this are some of these weird regionalized Jersey accents which have not gone away yet. Oh, they will. Window panels could be removed no. In the summertime and replaced with Why? Because it's just too rural and no so one's moving there? No, it's, it has dom- become the dominant accent of a lot of South Jersey. The political class sounds like that. Really? If you don't, if you don't speak like that politically, they won't take you seriously. South Jersey accent is horrible. I know, but the thing is, it's it's their, their it's the only way they differentiate themselves from North Philadelphia Jersey. or Philadelphia, from, exactly. from Philadelphia, right? Or North Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just like some of the like the 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 some of the nuance that's in this guy's voice. It's not even necessarily the pronunciation of the word, but it's like how he's blending the sounds together is an, is just something that adds. It's definitely a period piece. Like no one sounds like, and maybe for, the forty-year-old like GC, the forty-year-old GCs or small company owners something like right. this. Right. I know someone. So I, one of my friends from college, his dad sounds like this, but he's like sixty-five. And he grew up on Long Island. It's like that same. Like that's he's the youngest, near the youngest end of the people that would sound like this. Also, the internet has probably you know managed to kill accents faster than television did. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of friends from Long Island that can't even do a New York accent. How sad is that? Mm-hmm. One of my actually it was Christian who used to be on the show. He was his whole life. He was born in Brooklyn. He grew up on Long Island, and now he lives in Brooklyn. What do you think he sounds like? He's he's you know he's a he's a younger millennial. He, he's no accent. He can't even do like I said. He can't even do a New York accent. I'm from South Florida. I shouldn't sound like this, but like that's. That's why I don't. It's just it's weird. That's why I really I, I, I attach to to sounds like this because it's all going away and replaced with a very effeminate California vocal fry. In my case, I have what I call the telecommute. You know, the generic um, computer the broadcaster accent. Yeah, the broadcaster. Oh, I forgot. I am an idiot. My sister uh, is on the news, the real news. Well, it was picked up by CNN, so I guess not. Uh, out west, and she, and her piece. Uh, was, was I just said it was picked up by CNN. She works for the Central Coast News Leader KSBC Santa Barbara. And let me just play a little. Uh, I can't actually because it's not plugged in. Never mind. Uh, actually, can, can I just need to stall a little more? Or nope, never mm. mind. I can't do it. Um, okay. I was anyway, gonna... the, and she like she also has developed a broadcaster uh, accent, but she went from the vocal fry accent to it's. It doesn't, it's not, it's, it, it definitely sounds very sanitized, but she over-enunciates a lot of stuff. And I just, I don't know, like, you, like she's just speaking every syllable and she's really just like twisting the, twisting the sounds. Um, it's, oh yeah, that's, that's the goal. And apparently, what's the goal? Is to not sound like you're from anywhere? Yes, actually. I know like in training, the training they gave us was, in the military was we want you to sound we want you to have what we call the US standard accent. Okay. Which is literally, you know, broadcaster voice, so it's right. universally understood. Especially when you're dealing with some countries that, you know, they're because of their language accents mixed with English. So they want you to be understood by everyone. Which leads to the you know the generic hello there. So do you actually sound like this or do you just do this for the for fun? It's weird. 
Didn't um, Dave Chappelle have a have a bit like that? <laughs> oh yes, yes, I know exactly what he's talking about. Yes, um, yeah, it's. I, do do you are you pulling a Trevor Noah? It's, With, Trevor Noah has a fake ass accent. Oh no, Trevor! I know exactly what he's talking about. The problem is, it's like. Um, it's one of those weird, my brain forces itself into it unless I get like, unless I start drinking. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, uh, then it's what the, I call the comedic, the comedic, what I call weird mix of Staten Island, North Jersey accent comes out. I'd love to hear that because there's such a range. There's such a, there's such a range of, of accents, especially when, remember there was that, um, who is he? It was like the Congressman from Harlem who sounded like Jerry Lewis, but he was black. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about John Stewart. Yes. Love to ha- uh, have clips of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just like I don't know if that's what you would sound like. And you know, I just have to say that yes. the rent is too high around here, and I just spent that's... my. There's a lot of Jews in Harlem. What can I tell you? I said like that's pretty much it. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to hear that. My grandpa was from Harlem, uh, and it's doing a nice. You know, the pendulum is swinging back uh, towards. Anyway, uh, let's move on back to. Uh, Information, uh, sound effects. Information warfare. Yes. Information warfare. Okay. Does it sound scary enough? <laughs> oh, you know what? I, we're going on. I mean, we've we've already we're already past an hour. Um, so I want to dive into I want to dive into this, but but we didn't talk about someone that I really think that we should mention, uh, and that uh, hold on is it this our person of consequence this week Richard Stallman someone that I didn't look up before reading this and I should know who he is because I'm a computer geek oh our who is he you Richard Stallman. Richard Stallman is one of the most important programmers for open source or free software. Please don't kill me, Stallman people. I know. So he pioneered the did idea. Did he do the, the FOSS license? He did. He actually didn't just do that. He also actually had um, helped pioneer a fork against that, against things like TiVo, which you know use open source software, but they didn't have to give you out the codes. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, a, a lot of a lot of software companies are doing that. Apple and Microsoft do it. Yep, BSD license. That's why they push things like BSD or GPL v two, which is all the all open source people don't like that. And but it so- and it sounds open sourcey too. Oh yeah, it's BSD open license, source GPL. Mm-hmm. It sound we we had an episode about licensing a long time ago, but um, it's 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 interesting because I mean, there's a very perverse angle to utilizing open source in a for-profit company, which is, well, you know, they're giving it away, so why don't we just take it? Um, and then we don't have to give our code away, mm-hmm. which... Which, um, I, these I, actually, I, a I, lot of companies have been sued for that. I mean, yeah, but it's and it's hard because open source, open source things are the underpinning to a lot of the modern world of technology, uh, even when it comes to web design or software development or any uh, just a lot, or, or service design, microservices. A lot of the modern web... Uh, is built around open source software, for better or for worse, and that can introduce issues like if you're mixing for-profit and non-for-profit stuff. Um, I mean, on the uh, the flip side of that coin, what did Stallman think about uh, the allegation that uh, every Linux and every Linux user was technically a patent infringer? Mm. Excuse me, uh, for Microsoft Windows back in the '90s, and it was only uh, I think like in the last year that Satya forgave them. Mm-hmm. He really is like the the Microsoft. Uh, um, 
Jesus. Anyway, uh, <laughs> shouldn't have said that. Um, what, what did, what, what is, what did Stallman have to say about stuff like that? Honestly, Stallman was one of few persons who predicted a lot of, you know, how closed software would start slowly encroaching on your freedom. Wait, say that again. Um, he would he predicted a lot of modern issues like software slowly impinging upon your freedom. Oh, infringing words. Yes. Well, I mean that's it. It definitely is. So, what? Tell us why we should care about Richard Stallman. Because he's he's absolutist technical stance is one of the few stances that protects him against you know attacks from unusual vectors, and yet gives him the intellectual honesty to criticize software. He doesn't. He, what does he do for a living? Is he a professor? Um, he does a lot of lectures and he does code, but right now because lectures. he's so famous now, he literally just I, lives. Exactly. He lives mostly on just that's um, talks. The, that's the dream, man. You give like these $30,000 speeches, three of them in a week, and you take a six-month vacation. Oh. That's pretty much what he does. He does. He, he doesn't do that many speeches. He just does enough so he can, you know, pay off his little bills, and that's it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, okay, anything else about him? Honestly, the biggest thing about him that does matter is he's one of the few per- activists who willingly suffers because he, does, he doesn't use anything... He was just given a modern computer because every computer is comedically patent encrypted. Patent encrypted? Um, Like there is no free, you know how computers obviously have BIOS to run software? Yes. Pretty much every modern Intel BIOS is not open source because Intel keeps their secret encryption code somewhere in their office. What about AMD? Same with AMD. Well. So I believe he... So he has an open source BIOS? Yes. How do you, wow, okay. Um, it was specially made for, there's, for him? Well, him and a bunch of, you know, hyper-free open source people. Core boot. Mm-hmm. Fast, secure, and flexible open source firmware. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. don't use the nightly builds of this, guys. Um, I remember when I was like 12, and I accidentally tried to do a BIOS upgrade. And back then, oh my God. God, it was a nightmare. It was 20 years ago. No, 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 this was the thing. Back then... Uh, they let you run the update while the computer was running. So I downloaded the, the program to run that updated the BIOS, and I was still in Windows. It was running like Windows. I'm not kidding. I was running like Windows 95 at the time. And this was on an AMD K6266 computer with 16 megs of RAM. Uh, and what is it? Oh, yeah, so I ran the BIOS upgrade, <clears throat> and I didn't realize that I shouldn't run it while the computer's on and boot it into Windows using all of the devices that the BIOS might control or need to update. Uh, so it ran, and I think it ran successfully, and then it said, okay, we need to restart your computer. And then it didn't and then start it up died. again. Yeah, and it never started up again. And then when my dad got home, he uh, did something which is now, uh, even then, was kind of frowned upon. Mm. And uh, now they would, it was not a definitely no, don't do that to your kids. But I learned a lesson, which is not to do that. Don't update your BIOS unless you really need to. Mm-hmm. If, and even like on on this computer, my Hackintosh that has it has EFI, um, I even like it, I, that lesson is baked into the part of my head that my dad was hitting with a belt because I because I just I'm I get that kind of fear. You're not laughing, but that's kind of uh, that's fine. Um, it's, no, uh, no, <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> my permission to laugh. That's why uh-huh, you're la- you're like yeah. My dad also did that. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's why we're friends. No, so like. <laughs> So even even today, when I have to do something like an EFI update on a, on a modern computer, I still think back to that in the fact that, okay, I know what to do now. I get it. It's a USB stick instead of a floppy drive. 
you can use a mouse in modern BIOS, but it still has that, like, you know, if this messes up, it's game over. And you have to, to reset a BIOS, you have to, what do you have to, you, how do you even do that? Honestly, I don't even, I wouldn't even want to think about that. Because it's an error while writing to a, a ROM. It's, I mean, it's not a ROM, but it's some kind of, it's some kind of, maybe it's like an EP ROM. And it just, and then if that messes up, it's like, well, I guess I'm buying a new motherboard. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's uh, let's let's get back to uh, like I was saying. Information. Ah! Warfare. I can put on some music. Is that? That's right. We have to end the show soon because my mixer's starting to mess up. You can see it's sliding the, it's, it's potting itself back down. See, look. Oh, oh, now it's gonna stay. Perfect. There's something, there's something going on when we do a show that's longer than it should be, and my mixer knows it, because it's Information Warfare. Next up, what did we want to talk about? <laughs> we can start, ironically, mixing both Transit and Information Warfare. With I love what, it. With, like, the cyber attack that hit Atlanta. Okay, um, so the cyber attack um, is that is that the same is it the same kind of ransomware as uh, I heard like Lake City, Utah was crippled. The municipality of Lake City was crippled for some ransomware. You got it. Oh, wonderful. What, yep. what was Atlanta? So it hit Atlanta's um, quote government control system, which affected everything from the system they used to pay tickets to the system that they used to update Marta. Is this last year or is it this year? This was early this was last this was last year. I'm and it okay. hit another county in Georgia this year. Oh, did it? Yes, it hit another rela- county in Georgia. So it looks is like it- a hackers decided, hey, I guess we're going to Georgia. Wow. I mean, you know, it's probably I mean, the 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 city country cutoff is very steep outside of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um it looks like the city of Atlanta says one year after their ransomware attack, they're transforming their technology by what? Not using Windows? I mean, what is it? What are they going to do? They're all using Active Directory. You can't get out of that. They're probably paying. They're probably pay someone. You know, probably half a million dollars to just totally rebuild, do a transition, <laughs> which will be horrible to get rid of that. Half a million dollars a year to run Windows Update, and uh, I mean, come on. These are like these are such bog standard computers the like other than perhaps some proprietary software the fact that they were exploited it, it can't be fixed with just another computer this is a, almost it's almost like a social engineering attack mhm i mean jackson did i mean jackson county paid paid these hackers what so they actually paid them yeah they paid them $400,000 wow which is why they're just it's not the most. The MILS was some South Korean agency which paid someone about well, one point through one point one well one point one fourteen million dollars. Jeez. Uh, yeah, from March fourteenth, the last week, Jackson County, Georgia admitted it had paid hackers four hundred thousand dollars to obtain access to its information that was locked down by a ransomware attack. Huh. How are they? I, <laughs> I signed out of Gmail. How are they going to hack my computer? I can imagine the, like, I can imagine just the apathy of, of these people that have no idea how computers or technology works. And they themselves. probably have, like, three IT people who are like, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, just remember this. Uh, there was a formal pre- former presidential candidate who had an email server in her basement who uh, unplugged it when they found out it was getting hacked by China and then plugged it back in. 
That's their defense. They didn't unplug it, air gap it, run some forensics on it, and then try to figure out who did it, and then, you know, provision another, another server. A, provision a server that's not in your basement. But anyway, this is up there with that, where there's just, these people don't know how to admit anyway. Anyway. Um, okay. What else? So we have ransomware in Georgia. And I mean, um, I'm assuming you're familiar with, of course, the state actors in China mandating you put spyware on your phones. Uh, I wasn't until you told me. So why don't you go on about that? So in China, there is there's right now two political situations. In outer China, there's um, a situation where they're monitoring effectively their entire population of ethnic Muslims. And they're How are they monitoring them? Well, they're Drones? using highly... Yes, actually. Ah! They're using drones, security cameras, and in the case of a lot of in the case of a lot of villages, they've displaced them to um, what's the official quote? Um, education and um, education concentration camps. There's where you have to concentrate a lot. Well, you have to be very educated. You have to be re-educated and being uh, a good citizen, friend. Good. I love the government. Mm -hmm. So and they're met. And for those who are not in the camps, they mandate you put a piece of spyware on their phone. Uh, great. And that's this article that you sent me. Mm -hmm. uh, Human Rights Watch exposed details of a smartphone app that is used by the police in Xinjiang. Mm -hmm. Xinjiang. How do I say that? You're right. All right. To, to neatly package multiple data sources on its oppressed citizens. Facial recognition can tie the citizen to multiple other data points. App usage, including prohibited technologies such as WhatsApp and Viber. Viber. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can be. I mean, you know, you. It, that's not what it is. Uh, can can be flagged. And the beauty of the country's AI development base is that the technology required to draw inferences as to which citizens could be detained or investigated can now be automated. Combined with their social credit system and the fact that cameras are everywhere, facial recognition is everywhere. Um, Human Rights Watch say the smartphone spy app was developed by China Electronics Technology Group Corporation, a thirty billion dollar company that is owned by state is state owned and export focused. Call, oh, uh, which is um, wait. They've exported this technology to places such as Colombia, no less. Yes, and it's called the Integrated Joint Operations Platform, or IJOP. No pancakes. Uh, Americans would likely be very troubled because oh, sorry. When IJOP uh, says that this company has developed uh, the, the software, this company has developed quote detects irregularities or deviations from what it considers normal. Like, you know, if you go to foxnews.com, uh, such as when people are using a phone that is not registered to them or when they use more than electricity than normal or when they leave an area in which they're registered to live without police permission. That sounds oppressive. The Fun system related information in China, you have to have a little a piece of paper saying where you are authorized to live. If you leave that area without your internal passport, they can arrest you. Wow. Auschwitz. Okay. Uh... The system flags these micro-clues to the authorities as suspicious and prompts an investigation. Americans would very likely be troubled, if not outraged, except that I could really I could really see some people vying for a, a toned-down version of this to start. There's so much talk. It's, so, it's funny, a lot of the people who are saying, you know, whatever, whatever alternative lifestyle is the new normal, they're also very much, out of the other side of the mouth, concerned with people who deviate from what they consider to be normal. And I, I don't know. I see a new era of authoritarianism approaching, and it's not going to be heralded by our current president. However, though, um, the good news is, as you saw, the you can fight back against the system. As you saw in Hong Kong with the recent 
with the protests actually forcing China back. No, uh, I, I, I'm, not paying. I'm trying not to pay attention to the news until 2025, which is very difficult because I do th things like this where I'm supposed to know what's going on. Yes. Well, so the Hong Kong protests were protesting this. Protesting someone being expo being extradited to mainland China. Didn't and, they? Oh, sorry, go on. But And they learned that apparently to defeat cameras, you can use weird things as masks and actually paint your face and don't laugh. You know the insane clown posse? Yeah, no, I read that article. That, that, that they actually, they've facial actually, recognition. They actually found that it worked out there. Aren't, but aren't there also like uh, like ultraviolet LEDs that you could just stick on your forehead that will block yeah. out the blank out the camera? And in some cases, they actually outright surround the cameras and simply tape them. Oh, that works. So they simply they simply spray the, paint them. Yep, they had the guy. They had the uh, mass people block the cameras. In some cases, they they actually their own hackers actually broke into broke into and actually counterhacked. Wow. So you so you had rioters rioters using this riot's distraction while hackers were breaking into the systems. I don't I don't I mean I I there's I don't even I don't even I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. Which is, it's this is fascinating. Other than when we go to implement this in, in 10 15 years, it'll be a lot cheaper because it all this framework already exists. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. I mean seriously, the the countries that have hate speech laws now the countries that if you post uh, something uh, and a policeman shows up at your office or, play, or you know, sorry, your home or office because of something you posted on Facebook. And I know that we're headed in that direction, but we're not entirely there yet, unless you, of course, you use the gun emoji. Then uh, I think they might be edging towards something like this, where it just siphons all of the stuff. And they say, hey, you started posting this material about Alex Jones and a lot in the last six weeks. Are you okay? We're going to send somebody, especially in a world with socialized medicine, we're going to send somebody just to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, take it's you like, to the pad itself. It's like, sir, are you okay? Do you need to get some education? You know that this is not true. We've told you it isn't true, so it's not true. Yeah, but he's a... We're telling you it's not true. Do you want to come with us to your concept re-education camp? No. Okay, well then it's not true. Or they'll give them, or maybe they have a mobile version of the Clockwork Orange treatment in their van now. Mm -hmm, but that is uh, that is a story for another podcast. That is, and with that, let's talk about one last thing, and then we can wrap it up. And this is the great subway race of 1967. A group of whiz kids, whiz kids using a main I need like, what's what's some good. Vintage technology music. I need like a real to real. A real. I don't. I don't mean like that type of vintage technology. Although that's kind of funny. Um, I mean like uh, uh, something like. Uh, no. It's got any um. What's that um? The old police. The old um. The old um. Miami Vice. There we go. I need. Oh, this isn't working because that's we're at the end of the show. Uh, see, look, it's it, it, potting the it's potting it down. Well, that sucks. No, these these all suck. Where was it? Well, what was I playing last time? That was just like. Uh. Something that's just like. Come on. 
All these- this sucks. I'm sorry. I'm wasting time. I'm looking for some that, something that has like that- like some kind of 80s beat. Some kind of like drum machine arpeggiation. And it's just not... What can, what do we have? Okay. This is how a group of whiz kids using a mainframe computer as big as an elevator, messengers stationed at payphones and a pair of subway tokens, staged a wild race against time in under the streets of the Big Apple. MIT student Peter Sampson, Peter Sampson needed something to spice up his spring break in 1966. Life inside the rent control, I don't care. Uh, he and fellow spring breakers from MIT frolicked Wow, sorry, while fellow spring breakers follow, frolicked in the land, the sand and surf, Samson and his colleagues from MIT's Artificial Intelligence Library, yes, they had one back then, developed, devised a plan to ride the entire New York subway in record time. I like trains, I like computers, and I was exploring New York then and wanted a reason to see the whole subway system, Samson says of his reasons for undertaking the challenge. To plan their ride, the strap-hanging MIT students rode the, rode the rails and made, their, made multiple visits to the New York City Transit Authority in order to garner schedules and confirm train time, since none, none of the, uh, the internet didn't exist. <clears throat> Complicating the planning, certain subway lines only ran at certain hours, so using a computer, Samson's team choreographed the most efficient route down to the precise second. At 6.30 a.m. on March 31st, 1966, they started the race. Uh, they deposited their 15-set tokens at Brooklyn's Pacific Street Station and boarded the M train. Wow. Back when the M went to the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Anyway, for, 24, for more than 24 hours straight, they rode 77 different trains through every subway station and over more, over more than 400 miles of track, equivalent to a trip from New York to Pittsburgh. Although some were, there were some bumps along the way, uh... One person was left behind at a station, and but the plan was never seriously derailed. However, they finally managed to complete the trip a half hour slower than they'd hoped and didn't win the record. They And by the way, even though they, cre they completed the trip a half hour slower than they'd expected, they only lost the record by 60 seconds. Ooh. So then they tried again. And... Uh... Where, I'm just skipping I'm skipping through this article and I should have highlighted it um, let's see uh, I'm just totally uh, said they re they realized that one of the failings of their first attempt was the inability to employ computing to update the route in real time as unforeseen circumstances occurred like perhaps train, de train delays for the next try Samson harnessed the power of an enormous mainframe computer on the MIT uh, campus to calculate the most efficient route for traversing the system which they'd said they'd done before um, they had to use someone sitting at the computer inputting the data that also read someone else reading the data that was printed out from a teletype machine, then called the people over the phone at a specific subway station to relay new information to them that would allow them to update their, their route in, in real time. And they said the biggest issue was recruiting and managing more than a dozen volunteers to staff the telephones at the MIT Alumni Center to run around the system carrying messages to and from the actual contestants and at MIT to keep the computer running. So they tried again, and this time they boarded a street at 168th Street Station in Queens. Uh, but only three hours into the ride, chaos ensued. The computer melted down. One of the runners missed a stop, and the riders were running late after missing their targeted M train. 
Samson realized that he faced a dilemma when communicating these changes to the mainframe computer because at first the because the first updated route it would calculate wasn't always the most efficient. Anyway, they go on and on and on. And um, at the end, when the riders finally completed their circuit of the of the subway system at the Pelham Bay Park station just after 4.30 p.m. on 4.20. Nice. Ten minutes late. They found that their time of 25 hours, 50 minutes, and 30 seconds had beaten the previous record by six minutes. Samson went on to be a software pioneer and one of the inventors of Space War, considered a game by, uh, considered by some to be the, fir- the world's first video game. I need to figure out how to read better. Um, Guinness Book of World Records now oversees the record for circumnavigating the New York subway system, which was held by Matthew Ann at 21 hours, 28 minutes, 14 seconds until the system's new Second Avenue line that opened on the tw- uh, January 1st, 2017. Ugh. I, need to, I should have highlighted that. I thought that article was a lot shorter than it was. So. I think, I think that's it. Mm. Almost... Almost a 90-minute episode. Almost almost cohesive. Almost together. Almost this mixer isn't messing up. And I don't know. See, this is what happens when you get the cheapo electronics. Hmm. You just have to, this is going to look great when I edit this later today. Uh, we'll, get, uh, we'll get through it. Yes. So, with that, Yuchana, uh, do you approve of this week's pull request? Of course. Merge the changes. Wonderful. How about you, the studio audience that we haven't really talked to? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, then, let's all hit merge. And we'll see you next week, or in two weeks, right here on Pulverquest. This has been a Pneumonium production. The views and opinions expressed on Pull Request do not necessarily reflect those of Pneumonium LLC or its subsidiaries. This week's theme music provided by Wolfpack. Visit them at V-U-L-F-E-E-C-K dot com.